Please don't raise your hand when I ask these questions. Have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been in jail? Have you ever lost some of your freedoms? Uh, I remember uh, a few years ago I was uh, taking a class that had to do with, uh, with policy and family and law. And, you know, because a lot of families get into legal issues. And so one of my assignments was to actually ride in a police car and see what these guys go through. The amount of stress a policeman goes through is incredible, I can tell you that. And so on one of these rides, we're, we're, we're driving down one of the main roads there in Chicago, and you know what the police do sometimes, they just, they just on the computer put one of the license plates that they see a car go by. Well, it so happens that he puts the license plate in there, and the guy that's driving is driving with a suspended license. Now I want you to check this out, this is Thanksgiving Day. So he had to stop the guy and arrest him. And the amount that he had to pay, not only because of the fines and, and everything, but because his car was also taken away and had to pay to get his car back, it was about $1,000. And you just should have seen the guy cry. This was a six-foot-seven guy, huge guy, but he was crying like a baby because now he didn't have money to spend with his family on Thanksgiving because he was doing something wrong. He was driving with a suspended license. And so as, as we think about all these things that go on in our world, I actually went on the internet to see how many countries still suffer oppression, and I was surprised. I'm not going to go that, through that today, but there's a lot of countries with slavery still. There's a lot of countries that because of their government, people are not free. And so, uh, this week we had uh, our independence celebration. So, we can say, God bless America. Okay, I don't know how many of you guys went to fireworks and stuff like that. We had a great time. I took Nathan, my son. We went to Grapevine. They had a half an hour show out there. Uh, beautiful, beautiful show. But where did that come from? I mean, all, the, all, all that, that noise, the parades, the food. Where did that come from? So, Let's go back a little bit really quick in history. So this is, this is springtime, 1775. More than 10 years, the 13 colonies had been having a lot of issues with England. They've been having a lot of strife, a lot of tension. And so they decide to elect what was called the First Continental Congress. So now we have people that are going to represent these, these 13 colonies. And they get together in Philadelphia. And what was, what was that meeting about that lasted a few months? Well, do we still want to be in a relationship with Great Britain? Or should we cut our ties? So on the 2nd of July, after a lot of debate, because some wanted to, some didn't want to, unanimously they voted that they were going to be independent. That was the 2nd of July, 1776. And so on the 3rd of July, one of these uh, representatives, John Adams, he writes a letter to his wife that really caught my attention. He says, you know what? He's, he writes the letter and says, you know what, baby? This is going to be one of the most important days in our history. So there's got to be a lot of food, a lot of noise. There has to be a parade. There has to be fireworks. This is going to be a great day. 
So the following day on the 4th, they sent the letters out to all the 13 colonies declaring their independence. And guess what? Yes, there was a lot of parades. There was a lot of food. There was a lot of firecrackers. Okay, a lot of fireworks. And ever since then, the 4th of July has been a day to celebrate freedom, independence. And behind all these movements and different countries that have become independent, there's always a deliverer. There's always a liberator. I don't know if you guys know that, but if you go through any country, even your own country, you'll find people that have taken a very important role on making those freedom a reality. So we can think of names like, uh, let me take this off, it's getting a little heavy. <laughs> okay, so uh, we have George Washington in Mexico, of course, Dolores Hidalgo, you know, that's, that's a name we can never forget. Uh, the Maceo brothers over there in the Caribbeans. And there's, there's, there's a name that always comes to our mind is Simon Bolivar. Okay? But there is someone bigger than Bolivar. And of course, I'm not talking about Nelson Mandela, even though we honor what he did. And it's not uh, Gandhi either. Okay? Even though, you know, we admire what he did. No, we're talking about Jesus Christ. He is the liberator of all humanity. So we're going to be talking about Jesus today and what he did for us and how he accomplished our freedom, freedom from the empire of sin. So let's just go back a little bit in time. So, um, yes, because Adam sinned, we are slaves. We are slaves to Satan, to his tyranny, Slaves to the devil. Before that, you know, you go to the Bible, you see Adam very faithful to God, very happy. He was free. But once he sinned, something happened inside of him. Something happened to his nature. Now, instead of being inclined to good, he was inclined to evil. So, ever since then, every single human that is born, contrary to what secular humanism says, Secular humanism says that we're born good and we become bad because of our environment. No, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we're born sinners and our inclination is to evil. It's not towards good. And so we have Adam and all his descendants since then, slaves to the chain we call sin. Chain that we call sin. So how, how can we break this tendency, this perverse tendency towards evil? So let, let, let's talk a little bit about that. So because of that tendency towards sin, we have Cain that kills his brother Abel. We have uh, Moses that doubted God. We have uh, Samson that fell in the snares of Delilah. David committed adultery and then killed the husband of his, of his lover. Judas sold Jesus. And, 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 and don't be amazed. We're no better. We're no better. We're sinners just the same. You know, we, we talk about this, you know, like the Jews. Okay, yeah, they killed Jesus. But if Jesus would have come to our country, we probably would have killed him also. Okay, so don't, don't, don't try to feel that you're more righteous than the Jews. But the day came 
when a liberator to destroy the empire of sin came and shook this world apart. All we needed was just one human being that would not sin and would conquer death to set us free. And that man was Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he was tempted in everything, in our likeness, but with no sin. And he said to his enemies, can you convict me of any sin? You can read that right there in, in, in John 8, 46. So Jesus Christ is the one that's going to deliver us from the bondage of sin. Now, if you go through history and you study all the countries that are free, it didn't happen in a day. It was through a process. And so Jesus, to set us free from our chains of sin, it was also a process. So let's, let's talk about that process real quick here. So the process begins when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, when you believe that he actually died for you to set you free from the first chain is called the condemnation of sin. For those that are in Jesus Christ, there is no what? There is no condemnation. So the first thing that you need to do is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior because the Bible says that the penalty of sin is death, but we can be free from that penalty when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, starts another process. That process is called sanctification. And what does that do? What, what chain does sanctification break? The first chain is the chain of the condemnation of sin. And that's the first chain that has to be broken. But then the second chain, sanctification, destroys the power of sin in our lives by that constant transformation that God does in us. Amen. Sanctification is no other thing than I'm better today than I was yesterday and tomorrow I'll be better than I am today. Amen. So if you're going through that process of constant transformation, you're on the right road. You got it together. So the second thing that we need is for us to actually give our will to God, to surrender ourselves to God in such a way that we can say, like Paul, let's, let's look at Galatians uh, 2.20 up real quick here. Okay, this is, this is an awesome text. So let's, let's look this verse up. This is uh, Galatians 2.20, and it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives where? In me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow, isn't that awesome? So that's, that's what our experience has to look like. That's what we need. We need that transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is called sanctification. Now, that doesn't end there. Where does the total freedom really, really become a reality. And what we call glorification or the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus Christ comes, then first we talked about the tendency of sin. So, you know, that has been broken. There's no condemnation. Then the power of sin has been broken. The chain of the power of sin has been broken because God is sanctifying us. But it doesn't stop there because when Jesus comes... He will free us 
from that negative, perverse tendency towards evil. That will be the end. Because don't believe that while you're here on earth, you're going to be absolutely perfect. You're perfect through Jesus Christ. But you're not perfect in the sense that you're never going to commit a sin. But when Jesus comes, oh, that'll be taken care of. Because you will never sin again. Not in thought, not in action, not in word. Wow, that is total, total freedom. Amen? Now, let's go just a little bit deeper here. When Jesus comes, what is going to happen? How is he going to destroy that tendency uh, towards sin, towards evil? Let's read it in 1 Corinthians 15. Please join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's read verse, uh, let's start there in verse, let me see here. Yeah, verse 53. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, that will be the day of total freedom because we won't have a tendency to sin anymore. That'll be over with. Now, how did Jesus accomplish all this? How, how did he become our liberator? Because this, this is amazing. Because, you know, the devil was the gatekeeper of the graveyard. And uh, ever since Adam and Eve seen that, you know, if we go back to the drama of sin, there's only one alive of those three that were in, in the garden. Only the devil. Adam and Eve, they're dead. The devil's still around. And he's the gatekeeper of evil, of sin, of our graveyards. And Jesus Christ, in order to conquer death, he had to die. He had to die. But he couldn't just stay dead. The only way that he could conquer the devil is by resurrecting. If Jesus would be in the grave today, Christianity would be nonsense. Okay? So in order for Jesus to conquer, you can read that there in in, in Hebrews uh, 2.14. It says that in order for him to destroy death, he had to do it by dying. By dying. He had to conquer death by resurrecting. So let's go to John 10, 17 real quick here. This is an incredible Bible verse, John 10, 17. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Wow, isn't that amazing? So Jesus came to destroy by his death the empire of death, which is the devil, And he did it because he loves you and he loves me so much. And and, and now look what happens. Jesus resurrects. And together with Jesus, who else resurrects as a trophy? A lot of the saints that had died in the past, they resurrected. And so Jesus takes them to heaven. You know, you can read that in, in, in in Matthew 27, 52 and 53. It says, the tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection... 
they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So those Jesus took to heaven. So besides uh, Elijah and Enoch, everyone else is still in their graves, except for this, these people that, that Jesus decided to take as, as a trophy to heaven. Now, I want you to, re, to just imagine the welcome to Jesus when he goes to heaven. So he has these, these friends of his, right, that he's resurrected, and he gets to heaven, and then look what happens in Psalm 24. So he, he's arriving to heaven, and all of a sudden we hear this. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? Okay, let's say it together. The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. So there's Jesus with his friends that he's resurrected. He's alive and well. He has conquered death. But now it doesn't end there. Because that deliverer, that conqueror has promised to come back. So what is he doing right now? He's preparing a place for us. He's interceding for us. He's, he's there as our best friend in, in heaven. And soon he will come and he will proclaim his triumph. We are waiting for Jesus to come back. We are waiting to be able to be with him. Even though if we die, remember that we have a hope. If you go to sleep, there's a promise of the resurrection for those that sleep in Jesus. So those that are alive when Jesus comes, those that are dead but died in Christ when Jesus comes will, will be resurrected. And then the Bible says that all of our sorrows, all of our sadness, all of our sickness, everything that we cry about, it will be over. Revelation 21, 3 and 4. So I was just thinking today as we celebrate our independence, our independence from sin. Through that process, first, you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior so you can be free from the chain of the condemnation of sin. And then you allow by submitting and surrendering yourself constantly to Jesus to be sanctified through the power of the Holy Spirit so you can break the power of sin. And then we have the promise that Jesus is going to come again and take away that tendency of sin forever and set us free forever. So what do we have to do today? As we celebrate our communion service, I have an invitation for you. Receive Jesus Christ with all of your heart. As you participate of the foot washing, as you participate of the bread and the wine, accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And then hold dear to your heart the promise. I love the way the Bible ends. The Bible says, yes, Lord Jesus, come. You know, Jesus is talking to John and says, hey, behold, I come quickly. And John just shouts with joy. Yes, come, Lord Jesus. You know, the, the communion service does something amazing because it unites the two most pivotal points in all of Earth's history. The cross. And the second coming. That's why Jesus said every time we celebrate this is to remember his death until I come. So those are the two peaks, the two highest mountains 
that we have to climb the cross and the second coming. So today as you participate, as you wash each other's feet, as you ask God for his cleansing, as, as you take part of the, of the bread and wine, just remember what it cost Jesus to save you. Just remember what it cost Jesus to save each and every one of us. And rejoice. And rejoice because just like in Independence Day, the 4th of July in 1776, when we get to heaven, there is going to be a parade. And there is going to be a lot of food. And we are going to be rejoicing like we don't even have an imagination to do so. We're going to be rejoicing forever and ever. Our great liberator, our great savior, he that delivered us from sin. Let's pray. Dear God, we are going to participate at this moment of a very important ritual in our church as we wash each other's feet, as we take the bread and wine. We are celebrating our independence. We are celebrating our freedom from sin. We are celebrating our blessed hope. Dear God, please bless our foot washing and our ceremony today as we take part of communion. And if there is someone here today that was doubting about his salvation or her salvation, if there was someone here that just needed to reconnect to you, Lord, may that be a reality at this moment. If someone was struggling and maybe saying, I'm not going to participate because I'm not good enough, well, that's why you're supposed to participate, because you're not good enough. The only good one is Jesus. If you were thinking that you're not going to participate because you feel you're not worthy, then that's why you're supposed to participate, because Jesus is the only one that's worthy. Dear God, bless us, and thank you for our freedom in Jesus Christ. We ask all this in his name. Amen. I want to take you really quick if you want to join me book of John before we go to our foot washing is John chapter 8 verse 36 and if the son sets you free you will be free indeed so this is the moment for the foot washing find a partner uh, the fellowship hall will be for the ladies the school classroom the large school classroom will be for the men, and then if some couple, you know, a marriage wants to participate, we have the junior classroom, which is for some couples that would like to participate together. So let's enjoy ourselves. Let's go wash our feet. Come back soon. The kids can stay here. They have an awesome program. So they have a lot of stuff they're going to be doing here. So if the kids want to stay here and hang around, that'll be perfect. Uh, we have a good program for them meanwhile. So let's go ahead and go to our different places and let's do our foot washing, and we'll come back as soon as possible. Thank you.